Can they hear us? I think they can hear you if somebody's talking to them or touching the jar. So hopefully they can't hear everything that's happening to you. Oh my days, I hope not. Like, if they could hear me 24-7, they probably think they're going insane or something, but like, in a really boring way. Because they have to hear you at work. Yeah, <laughs> because work. Can they hear us at all in there with the cap on the jar so tight? Well, we can't take the cap off. Isaac, stop! We can't take the cap off! I'm just loosening it up a little! <laughs> See? They could probably hear us better now. Isaac, they're gonna get out! No, that definitely improved their sound quality. Like, going from an unfunded podcast recorded on a Galaxy S7 cell phone to a slightly funded podcast recorded on a real microphone. That was a really specific example. You use really specific examples all the time. Okay, seriously though, why is there a massive toy train? You ask, long after getting aboard the massive toy train. Well, Isaac, you had a little conductor hat and everything. I wasn't going to say no to the little conductor hat. But also, like, where did you get the hat? Where did the popcorn come from? I told you, Mama left them. Mama left them. Seriously, there's a spirit called Mama, and she's gone completely batshit, and she leaves things here for her daughter. Well, we shouldn't be touching her daughter's stuff. No, 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 no. She thinks I'm her daughter. She thinks I'm an elementary school girl. I said earlier, she's gone insane. Last time I saw her, she looked like a teapot. She's never even presented as human. So she left all the stuff for you? Yeah. I think her kid is dead or something... And I don't have the heart to tell her she's wrong. Oh. She's awesome when she's lucid, though. She gave me this pork bun recipe, and it's... Well, God, that woman knows what she's talking about. Speaking of, did I offer you popcorn? You did offer me popcorn, and I'll still pass. Oh, come on. Eh, it's sort of buttery, and I don't really do buttery food. You're dead. It's not going to raise your cholesterol. Eh, no thanks. All right, you're lost. Oh, we should tell Grapes what's going on. They probably don't know. Grapes? I named the person in the jar Grapes. Don't they probably already have a name, though? I mean, yeah, but I don't know what it is, and they almost certainly don't think this is real, so I can't imagine they're cut up about it. Yeah, like you said, they probably think we're in a book they're reading or that they're going insane. Yeah, exactly. Or they think they are listening to a podcast with an awesome microphone. I mean, I guess. Um... So, Grapes, this is Isaac. Hello! And we're in the astral plane because Isaac almost died again in a ridiculous way. Hey! It was a silly way to almost die. You died on a grinder date. I got kidnapped and sacrificed to Satan. By a guy you met on Grinder. I was going to Bible college and I got sacrificed to Satan. You told me. You told me you got sacrificed to Satan by a 50-year-old guy you met on Grinder, And you thought it was probably a pretty bad idea meeting up with him at all because he asked you to come out to his farm in the middle of nowhere. Like, it was obviously a bad and, idea, but... And then he performed an intense ritual sacrifice and you still don't know why. I don't know why you sacrificed me specifically. And you just wanted to get laid. Well... Don't worry, Simon. I won't shame you for your daddy kink. I don't have a daddy kink. I I think sometimes we all say we don't have a daddy kink and then you meet a really cute no. 50-year-old man Stop. on Grinder, and then, well, you get murdered. I can't judge that. Good heavens. Bad hells. Uh, oh, grapes. Can I hold grapes? Yeah, sure. Okay. Grapes. 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 <clears throat> so, grapes. You are aboard the Dead, Dead, and Deader Express, a life-size toy train going straight in a circle. We're chugging along real slow this evening as the entire room has been filled with several feet of popcorn. As you can hear, it's coming down real hard out there. Stop throwing popcorn at me! It's hey! Com <laughs> it's coming down real hard! Isaac! <laughs> 
First stop, Captain Octopoda, the stuffed octopus guardian of the popcorn-filled pillow fort. Second stop, hell. Oh, hush. Oh, hush. I mean it. You wouldn't go to hell. Oh, I am absolutely going to hell. You wouldn't. You're really sweet. Sweet, but unfortunately also evil. You're not evil. Yeah, I'm actually so heavenly that they sent an angel to look after my dying spirit. Wow, thanks. What? You mean you're not an angel? But I went to Bible college and I only hooked up with 50-year-old men occasionally. Wow. (laughs) Wow. So, what are the criteria for going to hell in a ways? Has everyone there been to Bible college or is everybody always high and making sweet, sweet gay love? No, it's just like... If you failed at your religion. So if I failed at my own belief system, I'd go to hell. No, it's like if you failed at your society's religion. You've got the big cross on your head. So you're from a Christian society? Yeah, I'm from rural America. So you've got the cross. Yeah, it's from getting baptized. Oh, shit. I've been baptized. Don't get me wrong. You're cute and all. But I'm not a fan of things burning into my head. Well, you're not a demon, so you would just look like your vibes or... You look the way you understand yourself. Isn't that the way it works here in the astral plane, too? Because Mama was a teapot, and she's been a giant spider, a pair of leg warmers. I don't know, actually. I think I'd just look like this in hell. You think you'd just look like you? Yeah, I understand myself well. You do? Yep, it's because I'm spending my quarantine learning to bake bread and listening to Cape Down. And working, because I'm not actually in quarantine, because I'm poor, so my life is disposable. Wait, what? Quarantine? Yeah. When did you die? Uh, January, um, January 2nd, 2020. <laughs> oh, you lucky bastard. What? Isaac, what? You're not to November yet, right? Did, did they vote in Trump again? Or... <laughs> what time is it for you again? <laughs> when are you from? <laughs> it's August 2020. It's only been like six months. I mean... I exist outside of time now, so it's been, like, nothing for me, but it's only been six months for you. What could have happened in six months? Oh, January was a good time to die. Oh, my God. I wish I could go back to January and die then. Holy shit. What? Isaac, what? To backtrack. Wait, don't backtrack. What happened? (laughs) I don't want to talk about the inevitable economic collapse. What? So... Let's backtrack. Wait, no. Yeah. What happens if you die and your society doesn't have a religion? Or what happens if your society has an immoral religion? Impending economic collapse? Immoral religion. Atheist societies. It's a good question. What happens to those people? I I mean, I guess I don't know. There are some dark implications for the system you described. For example, what if you're living in rural America, so your, quote, society's religion is predominantly evangelical Christian, but you're gay? Don't gesture at me. Aren't you gay? No. But you were hooking up with guys from Grindr. Yeah, but like, you don't have to be gay to do that. Sorry, you're right. You could be bisexual or a whole other variety of things. I shouldn't have assumed. No, 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 I'm straight. But Grindr. Well, I would have stopped. I was going to Bible college, and I was trying to follow my calling from God. I was just slipping a little. Like, if I hadn't been murdered, I would have stopped doing the whole grinder thing eventually, and... Repented? Well, yeah. You'd have to settle down with a lady and never eaten any buttery food? Well, that was the plan. I mean, I like ladies, and the grinder thing was just 
Well, it was obviously bad. I got murdered. You didn't get murdered for being gay or innately evil or some well, shit. I'm straight, so I shouldn't have been on Grinder in the first place. And I really do try to eat healthy. Why? You're even dead. Even though I kind of lose it sometimes. And if I freak out, I always eat yogurt, though, because it's not technically bad for you. Christ, Simon, just eat some popcorn. No. This is what I was trying to point out, though. You only feel bad about the whole grinder thing because you're from rural America, and by rural America's judgment, you would have gone to hell if you had died normally. Not if I stopped and- Okay, but think about the bigger picture. Let's say you were 10. Let's say you were a theoretical 10-year-old boy, and you had a crush on one of the other theoretical boys in your class, and you were young, so you didn't really think about it as being bad yet. I think by 10, you would- theoretically think of it as bad not when you're 10 like you would theoretically know it wasn't great that you really liked that boy from school or like your church is a wanna group and you know he really liked ninja turtles and you really liked ninja turtles and you were 10 so that's where your standards were at and then he like theoretically kept falling in love with these girls who were mean to you because you were being weird because of your parents divorce thing like theoretically, and you realize he treated you like an idiot when you were 14, but you theoretically held out hope until 11th grade in this, like, wordless and unlabeled but incredibly intense way that kept you awake at night, and then you went on a theoretical road trip with him and his friends, and he theoretically made jokes about you being poor and dumb the whole time, and then you fell violently out of love with him in the span of one night, and then you theoretically cried your eyes out in the shower because you realized that he'd never love you back, and it didn't matter anyway, because even if he did love you, it wouldn't work because you'd lose everyone, and then you'd go to hell when you died, which you'd started thinking extensively about when you were, like, eight years old. Theoretically. Theoretically. Who's giving the hyper-specific examples now? (laughs) Okay. According to the system you described for heaven and hell, that hyper-specific kid would go to hell if he died when he was 10, right? Because of his society's immoral moral code, despite his love for Ninja Turtles and the fact that he is only 10 years old? I don't think he would go to hell. I think he might, Simon. Unless you misunderstood how hell works. I'll ask fate. I guess. But if he was, like, a nice person, I don't think he would end up in hell unless somebody sacrificed him to Satan. Yeah, because that theoretical boy is definitely going to turn out straight. (laughs) Wow. Okay, fair. You brought a story, right? Why don't you tell Grapes and me the story? Oh, you should tell them how you died first, just because it's weird. Okay, I guess. But I'm not going to tell Grapes every stupid story of how I almost died. I have my dignity. Do you? (laughs) Of course. That's how I got my conductor hat and all this popcorn. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) All right. Okay. So, grapes. How I died. I was at my friend's house. My work friends. We're stuck together anyway, so if one of us has the Rona, we all already do. What? Well, I guess I still am at my friend's house. I'm just also here. We were goofing around, watching The Office and Avatar The Last Airbender, normal stuff. And one of my friends says she can hypnotize people. And I was like, hypnotize me, which- You have a curse on you. I have a curse on me where I almost die all the time. I shouldn't be volunteering for things like this. You really shouldn't. I shouldn't. So she starts hypnotizing me and I figured maybe she'll make me look like a chicken or whatever. But she just puts me in this hypnotic sleep. And she's saying to imagine myself sinking down into a lake, watching the bubbles float up above me. And she's telling me I'm getting sleepier and sleepier, and 
I'm not sleepy. Not at all? Not at all. And I'm about to say I'm not sleepy at all. But when I try to open my mouth, I can't. And so I try to get up or wave my arm to tell her to stop. But I just can't move. And she's telling me I'm getting sleepier and sleepier. And now I really am getting sleepy. And I can feel my heart slowing down. And I can feel myself. I'm not breathing very good anymore. And I'm like, ah, shit, here we go. And then I woke up buried in popcorn and then you showed up and you brought creeps this time to show me or well introduce me yeah yeah okay i almost died and woke up snowed in by popcorn in a life-sized toy train your turn i have been waiting the story all right <clears throat> are we ready yee. Yee. <laughs> she dreamed of the dark wait did you not write it down are you just gonna recite it I have a perfect memory. You have a perfect memory and you use it for this. Yeah. This and talking shit about your boss. I mean, she had someone killed. But you could, like, do something useful with your perfect memory. Stories are useful. I guess. She dreamed of the dark. She dreamed of the dark or the white LEDs in the ceiling. She dreamed of the click of company shoes on company cement. She dreamed of eternity and the fish she saw once. It was a glowing fish, twice the size of her bubble. It was a fish made out of green and purple and black, woven of slime and scales and an electric blue eye that looked deeply into her. When she woke up, she almost smashed her head against the empty top bunk. She briefly thought that she should be breathing very fast, but she wasn't. She didn't breathe. She didn't breathe, and neither did the underwater certified company bubble she was stationed in. The certified company bubble was really just a collection of smaller bubbles made out of cement and silicone and steel. Each small bubble had a task. Each small bubble had switches and specimens and a specific route to take to get there. None of the bubbles contained massive fish. There was a sudden crashing pop. There was a whoosh, and then there was nothing again. She didn't breathe. The bubble didn't breathe. The fish didn't breathe. This soothed her, and she laid back down. Key, she whispered. Key, bring up the bubble's readings. What was that sound? Silence. Key? She was met by silence instead of Key's mechanical whirring. She laid and waited longer, and eventually she could hear herself whirring. She could hear the switches and cogs inside of her pumping air into her lungs. She could hear the near-silent vibrations in her head. She could feel the computer in her stomach keeping time with the atoms that composed it. Then it was time to get up, so she got up. She didn't used to be a company robot. She used to be concerned about things that pop and crash and whoosh. She used to be concerned about the dark outside her bubble. She knew that. But she wasn't concerned anymore. She put on a shirt, pants, shoes. She felt a task register somewhere inside her stomach, and she followed it towards the crashed-in silence. She found that one of the little bubbles, one of the small segments that made up the whole bubble, had popped. That's what the crashing whoosh had been. She walked to the next bubble. She flipped a switch. She was happy. Key was down, and that didn't make her unhappy. It just made her unable to access the ship's main computer, and she could work around that. She still had tasks. A button pulsed red, and as she waited for it, she stared through the bubble's window. It was dark out. The button pulsed blue, and she was supposed to push it, but she missed the blue entirely. Key, she said to the breathless silence. Key, who was I before this? Was there an I before this? 
silence and the dark she dreamed of. Key, where do you go when you're not online? The thing is, you've never been offline before. Are you... are you somewhere dark? She pushed the button after it turned red again and it squealed. Was I somewhere dark before? Will I go somewhere dark when I go offline or... Will I live forever and will forever be dark? Because I think I've been alive forever and it's been quite dark so far. The woman gave up on the button and walked back to her cabin. Each bubble had switches and specimens and a specific route to take to get there, including her cabin. It also had empty bunk beds. She slept on a different one every night. She cycled through them like blood through a body. Her room had a specimen. It was dry and gray now, and she hadn't thought about it when she gathered it by flipping a variety of switches, but it had lungs. She wanted lungs. It was too quiet. She was careful about the whole process. She put the specimen in water, so it puffed back up to blue. She used a razor and a camera and the medical nanobots. She wove it into herself the same way the company had woven metal into her so long ago, and she took a deep breath for the first time she could remember. It was Sue Gills now, but it felt the same. The bubble smelled like salt and human and fish, and she smelled it deeply. Key, I'm going to create myself, she said before she heard another pop crash. She heard the whoosh of water and smelt burning rubber and salt. She took a deep breath of it. Ignored tasks piled up in her stomach as she ran around the base, collecting samples and pools of water to resurrect them in. She had been a person before. She had been a person before, and she was a list of tasks now, but she could fix that. She could go back, or maybe go forward. Her stomach went first. She gutted herself with a knife and a pair of wire cutters. She grabbed blankets from the empty bunk beds to soak up the blood. Next came her heart, because she couldn't bear the silence of its electric stillness, and then she tore out her rubber veins. She laughed as they popped, and she colored herself in with fish veins, blue and purple and salt water. She filled herself up with what could I be? What would I be if I was not this? What could I be if I was my own ending and my own beginning? What would I be if I created myself? She laughed at the blood around her. She took off her shoes and slapped her feet in it. She ran all her routes. She stopped by all her daily tasks. She stomped her trails out in blood. There weren't many trails left. There had been more popping, more crashing and whooshing, and the smell of burnt rubber was growing stronger, but she breathed it in deeply. Key, she yelled. Key, I'm flooding it. I'm flooding it. I will wipe from the face of the earth what I have created. This place is corrupt and full of violence, but Key, Key, you have been a faithful computer. Come out of the dark and slap your feet in company blood. Come out of the dark and stomp with me. She looked into the dark behind a window and she said, Key, why am I alone here? Was I more productive alone? Was I better when I was worrying and bloodless and thoughtless? Was I better when I felt nothing? She looked into the dark. I still feel nothing. I may be about to die, but it doesn't bother me. She looked at her hands. Key, I'm doing my hands next, she said. I'd like new hands, real hands. Hands with blood from my purple veins, I think. Key? She could hear herself breathing. She could hear her own heartbeat. She watched her hand pulse red, red, and then blue. She saw the switches behind her pulse red, red, then blue. Key?
She watched her hands shine and pulse and shake in time with the switches, with the tasks, with the information in the computer, and she realized that she was key. She was the main computer. And she was the computer operating it. She was alone. She always had been. It was dark outside the window, and she heard popping and crashing, and she watched the safety doors seal her into the last secure bubble. Could she be a computer if she was made out of woman? And could she be a woman if she was made out of fish? Was there anything she could be besides her own canvas and her own paint? She decided that she would need more hands. There were samples in every room, including that one, so she got to work with what she had in front of her. She slipped herself open, she emptied herself out. She installed new eyes, whiskers, lights along her spine. She felt beautiful, and she felt terrified. She did her hands last. She shook them off and smiled at the blood. She let the nanos weave on scales and fins. She let the nanos fill the room with her. She grew herself huge and bright and beautiful, and when she spoke, it was crashing. I dreamed of the dark. I am the dark, and my name shall be Cypress. And the last bubble popped. Was some of that from the Bible? Yeah. It's, uh... It's from Genesis with um with Noah and the Ark. I actually I saw some really big fish the other day and I just thought, you know, fish are cool. It and- was a good story. <laughs> Thanks. There's fish in hell? Yeah. How did they get judged based on their society's religion? Right? I've been wondering that for a while. Like, how are fish sinning, you know? Do fish have a religion? Fish deserve to go to heaven. Yeah, they all do. Do you think there's ghosts like if there was a while before fate co- could, uh, you know, catch you like a Pokemon, <laughs> would you be a ghost? <laughs> Gotta catch them all, right? <laughs> I think she goes to get you right when you die. Or she sends someone like me to get you, like, at least. And you both exist outside of time. So you and me and Mama and Grapes are all happening at different times. Yeah, Probably. So, fate is everywhere concurrently collecting everyone that has or will ever die? I mean, I guess. So, if you're only a little dead, like me or Mama, presumably, you come to a place like this. So, does fate get the animals too? Could the animals have ghosts or could they be what I am now? Are pet stores full of souls of dying goldfish? Are the goldfish okay? Are you okay? Yeah. Even with the quarantine what's happening with that (laughs) no seriously okay but can i start with the dumb stuff sure here do you want to say goodnight to grapes goodnight grapes sleep tight all right everyone hates jk rowling now and also there's a global pandemic wait like did jk rowling start the pandemic (laughs) (laughs) 